This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Queen Victoria was one of the greatest British monarchs of all time. She ruled for 63 long years and became the longest reigning British monarch, at least before Elizabeth II came along. But at the beginning of her reign, nobody believed it would come to any good, because her coronation was a disaster. She became queen in June of 1837, when she was just 18 years old. Traditionally, British monarchs were coronated months after they started to rule their country. So, when a date was set for the ceremony in June 1838, a little over a year had passed since she actually came to the throne. Unfortunately, that didn't mean they used all this time to arrange the service. In fact, preparations didn't begin until March 1838. If you look at it this way, the catastrophe it all turned into wasn't particularly shocking. But <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself here. The date was set for Thursday, June 28, 1838. People were excited to welcome their new queen. Since the ceremony was held in London, hundreds of visitors started arriving there days before the crowning. Huge celebrations were planned in all parts of the city. And of course, everyone wanted to get a glimpse of Her Majesty. On the big day, about 400,000 people from all over the country came to the capital. They flooded parks and streets, mostly along the route of the public procession. The young sovereign was going to make it all the way from Buckingham Palace, where she lived, to Westminster Abbey, where this magnificent event had taken place since 1066. At 10 that morning, Victoria got into the Gold State Coach, which, by the way, the royal family still uses today on special occasions. It must have been quite a ride, because the carriage was pretty old and uncomfortable. But one look at the cheering crowd made up for all the trouble. Scaffolding was built all over the streets, and her loyal subjects occupied every visible spot by the road. Men and women dressed in their best clothes waved their handkerchiefs and saluted the queen. There were so many people there, she was actually worried they would hurt each other in the rush. It took her more than an hour to get to the abbey. But despite all the fuss, everything was going rather smoothly, until the real ceremony started. You'd probably think, what could be more important for the empire than the coronation of a new monarch? But the surprising truth is that there was almost no rehearsal for it. As a result, well, let's say things didn't quite go as planned. It seemed like the best prepared person there was actually 19-year-old Victoria. Unlike many other parties involved, she'd been to Westminster the day before the ritual. So she knew how to act, at least at some points. But when she didn't, there was almost no one to guide her. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day 
at sax.com. Witnesses recall that only a few men seemed to know what they were doing, while others carried out their tasks with a continual difficulty and embarrassment. After they made the queen leave her chair too early, confused Victoria asked one of the lords, Pray, tell me what I am to do, for they don't know. The Archbishop of Canterbury played a crucial role in the ceremony, since he was the one who put the crown on the sovereign's head. And even his performance wasn't without mistakes. The craziest thing, and definitely the most painful for Victoria, happened when it was time for her to wear the coronation ring. Normally, it goes on the monarch's ring finger, so nothing unusual here. But when the archbishop tried to put it on, it seemed too small. Apparently, the goldsmiths mistakenly made it for her little finger, but the archbishop didn't know that. After all, it was an ancient custom, so he forced the ring on her fourth finger anyway, causing her a lot of pain. It was almost impossible to take off later, so poor Victoria had to hold her hand in ice-cold water. But all that suffering paid off, right? At least she was declared queen, after all. Well, there was a catch. The Bishop of Bath and Wells, who was making sure that all went according to plan, accidentally missed two pages of the order of service. And that, of course, was the section where the monarch's title was proclaimed. In other words, the whole ceremony was basically invalid. So Victoria had to return to the church to do everything properly. Luckily, the other incidents were far less critical, but equally absurd. For instance, Her Majesty was given the orb at the wrong time, and it was pretty heavy for a young girl. The music at the ceremony was an oversight too. The composer, who was hired to write a new anthem for the service, passed away three months before the coronation, and his work was never finished. In the end, just a single piece was created for the event. The accompaniment lacked integrity and could have been much better. The conductor, Sir George Smart, didn't help either. For some reason, he chose to play the organ himself and supervise the other musicians at the same time. I think you can get the picture. The orchestra was poorly coordinated. The high point of this ludicrous day came when the peers were paying their homage to the new queen. One of them was aptly named Lord John Roll. The honorable member of parliament was already in his 80s at the time and wasn't, frankly, in the best shape. It was an unfortunate irony that when the Lord tried to climb the stairs to the throne, he simply fell and rolled down the steps. It didn't seem to hurt him though, so he made an attempt to approach the queen again as if nothing happened. That's when Victoria proved herself to be a thoughtful and kind ruler. She quickly got up and came down to roll, so he didn't have to repeat his dangerous trick. This gesture made many of those who were present there adore her. And the diarist described it as the remarkable union of naivete, kindness, good nature, with propriety and dignity. But other people just couldn't help themselves, and Lord Roll became the character of jokes and humorous poems. <laughs> and if that wasn't enough, near the end of the whole spectacle, the treasurer of the household tried to cheer up the noble guests of the church by throwing some coronation medals into the crowd. Just imagine the mess it caused. The aldermen, judges, and maids of honor fighting each other for a piece of metal. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 
6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. A son of the Duke of Richmond was particularly successful, since he managed to grab no less than 12 souvenirs. Well, at least they got something out of it. If you think the lords and bishops were just overwhelmed under all the stress, there's some truth to that. And actually, they had some time to regain their strength. At times, when there was no need for the queen and her companions to be at the main altar, they escaped to St. Edward's Chapel. Chapel was a strong word for it, though. Victoria later described it, an altar was covered with sandwiches and drinks. Well, as her friend and Prime Minister Lord Melbourne put it, wherever the clergy had anything to do with anything, there's sure to be plenty to eat. The ceremony lasted five excruciating hours, and eventually, there was hardly anyone in Westminster who wasn't relieved it was over. Historians dubbed it the last of the botched coronations, because after that, a new program was formed to prevent history from repeating itself. As for the woman of the hour, she passed this challenging test with patience and dignity far greater than anyone expected. Surprisingly, Victoria loved the service with all its faults and flaws, and called that day the proudest of her life. <laughs>